You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Just to give a bit of background, there's a friend of mine who I, have been, I met first on mission uh, for one of my first missionary trips. So I went with Open Doors and I went to Egypt. It was my second one with them. This was back in 2012 and I met this guy, just a year older than me. Great, great fellow. He's, he's happily married. He lives near the New Forest and we are constantly in contact, almost like accountability buddies. We call each other up now and again just to support each other, to ask those difficult questions of one another, but just to help each other through. And he's becoming a trainee minister and he posted up a message and I, I listened to it as well as a couple of weeks ago. And from listening to that message, it sparked a thought in my heart. I didn't know about that, how relevant that would be to this moment, because who was here last week? Who was here last week? What an amazing message was spoken last week. Ruth, I thank you for your faithfulness in speaking that message out. If you've not heard it, go onto the Centre Church website and the podcast. It's all there. You can listen to it. It was fantastic. And I don't think that it's by coincidence that what I have to share with you this morning, what has sparked a couple of weeks ago, follows on from what Ruth shared. And so this morning, I mean, I've entitled this, uh, this message, Where is your focus? So, in different circumstances and situations, when a step of required, a step of faith is required, where do you look to? What decision do you make when a storm, if you're navigating through a storm, if you're traversing a difficult moment, or even if you are high in the clouds living through a great moment, where is your focus in those times? And there's a central verse, not a verse, a central chapter that I'm going to be reading out this morning. I don't have a PowerPoint, didn't have time to prepare it. So you're going to have to look up on your Bible apps. Bible apps, not Facebook apps, not Instagram apps, Bible apps. Or if you've got the real thing, turn with me to Deuteronomy. And we're going to be reading in its entirety Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'll give you time to get there. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And it says here, Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these forty years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water, 
with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the fast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land, with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rocks. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known, to humble and to test you so that, you, so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced that wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers, as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God, and follow other gods, and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Now there is a lot in that, in that chapter. And I don't, I'm not going to touch on every aspect. But keeping in mind, at the start I said, where is your focus? That's going to be the central thought that drives us this morning. And just to give you a bit of context to this passage, these are Moses' instruction to Israel shortly before they entered the Promised Land. They had already, up to this point, spent 40 years in the desert. 40 years in the wilderness. Can you imagine that? 40 years traversing wilderness. 40 years of having challenge after challenge. In all sense and in all realization that the Deuteronomy can be summed up in one word, which is obedience. If you read through Deuteronomy from start to finish, that is the one word that stands out to me just being obedient. And the people of Israel had been for a tremendous amount up to this point. And as they were about to step over to go into the Promised Land, Moses was reminding them where to keep their focus. So this morning we are going to go on our own little journey to understand where is our focus this morning. And before I unlock a few guiding principles, I want to look at the other side of the spectrum and see what is the wrong focus to have. Because we can approach or view God, or view God in a variety of different ways. don't know whether you've been through different situations or circumstances, maybe difficult times, and that can shape our view of God. When things don't go well, we can start to have a bit of animosity before God. Sometimes these thoughts can creep into our minds. What is going on? Why is this happening? 
And I think that there is a fine line in our thought process between what is honouring to him and what is dishonouring to God. And one of these, I would say, wrong focuses to have is success often breeds pride. How easy is it to forget God when things are going well? When, when all things lines up, how easy is it to live in that moment and God is just a second thought pushed into the corner? Rather than continually looking up to, to God with praise and thanksgiving, in continual humble reverence and appreciation of all that he is, the mercy, the grace, the favour, his faithfulness, we can then allow this inward perspective to come in. Haven't I done well? Look at what I've become. I kind of have that mindset of, my life is pretty good right now. Look at this. You know, I've got a great house, got a great car. Not me. Um, <laughs> I have a house over my head. I'm thankful for my family for that. My car, not so much. It's falling apart. Um, but we can have this mindset that things are going pretty well and then go from morning to evening without even saying, thank you, God. I've said this before, but I always think of King Nebuchadnezzar when I think about pride. You know, him on, these, on that rooftop. Look at this kingdom that I've built. How quickly he was humbled in that moment. But the second wrong focus is that failure often breeds self-pity. How easy is it to call on God for help only when we need it? It's a difficult one. When things don't go the way that we planned, or we've tripped up and stumbled, and if we've fallen in those moments, we're like, you know, in this moment I actually need God. We need God in every aspect of life, even in the, in the good times. But I found in myself, especially um, when I was younger and really trying to understand my faith, how when things were not going so well, I would then be like, okay, God, I kind of need you right now. Can you help me through this moment? But then that's the issue. It's For me, it's that prayer of, can you help me? Can you help me just be me through this situation? Can you help me just navigate forward? Can you help me? Can you make things better for me? And I find that, shouldn't it be, God, I don't understand what I'm going through, but you do. I may be, it may be a struggle for me, but you have the bigger picture, and that's all that matters. And then the third, third thing is, that I uh, think is a wrong focus to have is disapproval breeds contempt. And what I mean by that is, how easy is it to build resistance to God when things don't go our way? But God, I had it all planned out. You know, I planned every part of my life and you've kind of just thrown that in the dust. What are you doing? You know, I had it all lined out. What I was going to do? I know you've, you know, why has it not happened? Why has it not come to pass? You know? Just like forgetting God when things go well, when it seems that things are against us, we lean on those negative thoughts and allow ourselves to be overcome by worry 
overcome by stress, overcome by anger, overcome by disapproval. And these are the things that we speak out. We have to remember that it is God that shapes us. It's God that molds us. It's God that directs our steps. It's God that leads us. In those difficult moments, we should, in those moments when it doesn't work out, God's got it in hand. And we should just lean on Him because He's been faithful before. He will be faithful again. We just gotta hold on to Him. God is the one who does the shaping. Marco spoke on this a couple of weeks ago about the potter's house, how God shapes and molds us. And that is the point. It's God who does the molding. We just got to be willing to be shaped no matter what we have to traverse through. And so this morning I just want to share a few guiding principles from Deuteronomy 8 that we can see just to help us understand where our focus should lie. In uh, verse 2 it says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years. That's the first thing. Remember. Remember God. Moses encouraged the Israelites to remember how God had been leading them the past 40 years to this point. Likewise, we must remember God when we're in those moments of difficulty when we're about to step into a new thing, even when things are going well, we must remember how God had been faithful to lead us to that point. Yeah. If you are at the most in this moment in a good place, praise God. Don't forget Him. Give thanks. But if you're walking in a moment where you're just like, you know what, there's struggles ahead. I don't know what the next step is. Remember God. Remember that prayer that he answered before. Or the several prayers that he's been faithful to answer before. Or the situation that you've been through in the past. And how in that moment you didn't know what was going on. But God brought you through it. How God shaped you in that moment. How he, how he humbled you in that moment taught you something new about yourself, maybe taught you patience, maybe taught you persistence. Remember God. The Israelites were in danger of becoming self-reliant and they had shown this over those 40 years. If you read back over their time in that wilderness, how many times they resisted God, how many times they acted against Him, how, how many times that they decided to do things their own way? And how many times God was faithful enough to bring correction, to humble them, to actually say, your focus is in the wrong place? What I find interesting in this passage is, it says in verse 3, God, how God humbled you, the Israelites, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna. Verse 4, your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. did a little bit of research and someone had conducted an interview of a few people that live in those kind of conditions of walking through those, the wilderness and walking in those times where the weather is quite 
quite harsh. And, he's, and what they said is that one of the things that happens quite, quite often is if you're not eating the right food or you're not having the right provision, how your feet swell up because of those conditions. And it becomes, you know, your body reacts in a bad way to those environments. And I find it incredible how, when you read this passage, how God provided manna, provided this provision for the Israelites. And it says how your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during those 40 years. Those whole 40 years in the desert, their clothes did not wear out, their feet did not swell up. God was faithful in those moments, providing what they needed when they needed it. And Moses was saying, remember that. Remember how God provided for you in that time. Before you step into the new thing, that thing that has been promised to you, just remember how God was faithful. Don't forget him, because he will be with you in this new season as well. All they needed to go through was a tested testing period. They needed that testing. They needed that time for God's provision, to see God's provision break through when they needed it most. When Christ walked on this earth, he took bread and wine, the, great, the um, communion that we take. He said, take these things in remembrance of him. Why? Why do we remember Christ? Why do we take that time to remember? We remember his sacrifice. We, but we also, we remember his victory over death. His victory over the grave. His victory that ushered in new life to us who believe in him. Do not forget that. Remember that. Hold on to that. Believe in that. Psalm 77, verses 11 to 14 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? You are a God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. We've already heard it this morning through what Hugh has shared about this testimony this boy that got hit by a car, was in hospital, in a coma, and God brought healing through faithful prayer. God is doing miracles today as well. Remember what he has done, because even today it can happen. Even tomorrow, and for what you're about to step into, it will happen. Second principle, as I said, the book of Deuteronomy is summed up as one word, obedience. And I think that should be our second point, obey. Obey God. Moses encouraged the Israelites to observe the commands of the Lord, walking in his ways. The proper response to God's provision, the proper response to God's faithfulness to us is thanksgiving and worship. And obedience to the word of God is worship unto God. We have times when we come together, when we sing, and we sing praises, we sing thanksgiving, and you know we have 
this amazing time together where together we're in unison singing in one voice unto God. But right now, in this moment, even listening to the word, even when you're at home studying the word, that is worship to God. That is honouring to Him. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 32 to 33, it says, To be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or the left. Walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land you will possess. The Israelites, they went through an incredible amount of testing when they were out in the wilderness. And I believe what God was trying to teach them was not only obedience but humility, to not lean on their own understanding, to not trust in themselves but to trust in Him. Humiliate, humility, so not humiliation, though humility could be classed as humiliation because it's almost pushing aside our own pride. Humility brings us to the realization of our need of God. Being totally dependent on God, being completely obedient to Him requires true humility. In the Old Testament, there is no essential distinction between act or word. For the act is produced by the word, and the word is with, never without effective purpose. So, simply put, obedience to the word shapes our actions. It should never be the other way around. We act, and then we, it should shape our perception of the word that we read. When we read the word, that shapes how we act and we apply it to our lives. It shapes every step, every thought, every action, every word. Simple obedience. In John chapter 14, verse 23, it just states, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. Matthew 7, verse 24, 27. Just picking out a verse from that. This, that passage, Matthew um, 7, is about where do you build your foundations, on the rock or on the sand? It's this image given. Putting God's word into practice lays a firm foundation in our lives that even the biggest storm cannot break. When we, when we read this, when we apply it, when we are obedient to it, no storm that we pass through, no difficulty is ever too big or too great to knock us over because God's word is our foundation. And we know that God is bigger than anything we'll ever face in this world. Amen. Final principle is just to know God. It's that relationship. Throughout this passage in Deuteronomy, it says, be careful that you do not forget your God. Remember God, don't forget him. Then right at the end, there was this warning that about if you ever forget the Lord, if you ever forget the Lord and look elsewhere, you use a strong word there, you'll be destroyed. But even looking at today, if we don't 
remember God, if we don't have that relationship with Him, we will trip up, we will fall, we will stumble, and we will just fall into the cuffs of this world that we live in. We need to know that God is present, that He will act, He is faithful. He was faithful then, He's faithful now, and He will always be faithful. Know that in ourselves, faithfulness to God, focus on Him brings fulfillment, it brings provision, it brings providence or wisdom. We've been doing this study of Proverbs. Um, I'm still actually working my way through it, I'm taking my time. There is so much in there, I'm just like, you know what, I'm not going to rush this. You gave us two months, so I'm going to take four, doesn't matter. But there is so much wisdom in those words. And when we have a relationship with God, when we allow God to be God in our lives, that wisdom comes through. That you don't look at situations the same as you used to look at them. You look at them from His perspective. You look at them from His point of view. We need to build a continual relationship with the Father. This is what I believe Moses was saying. Don't forget God. Keep Him close. Keep honouring Him. Keep worshipping Him. Keep obeying His commands. On a side note, I have a, I have a good relationship with my dad. He doesn't believe in God, but he is respectful of my relationship with God, my faith. And I, I'm thankful for God for that. Because I know, and I've heard stories of other situations where people are not that fortunate to have parents who don't believe to be so supportive of their faith. And there, my relationship with my dad is unique, should I say. If you put my dad and myself in a room, you'll probably, get, well, you'll probably see where I get my sense of humour, which is really good, by the way, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like father, like son, as they say. But you can put my dad and I in a room, and he could be doing his thing, and I could be doing my thing. He could be watching something on TV, or reading a newspaper, I could be reading a book. And no word has to be spoken, and we are content in that situation. Just being in one another's presence is enough. My mum's probably going to hate me for saying this, but you put my mum in the room and she has to fill the space with words. <laughs> it's like, that space is too awkward. I need to say something just to, to fill it up, right? But I look at that and I'm thinking, should that not be my, our relationship with God? How often do I come to God and just word vomit? prayers to him, just like, God, God, blah, 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 like this. And I can imagine God saying, just stop and just be. What a beautiful relationship that is to be with God, to just be content in that space with him and no words are spoken. Just just be in his presence. That is, a, I think, a, a pure relationship to have with the Father. See, Moses was concerned that the Israelites would lose their way and become heavily influenced by the culture that they were about to step into. We too can be heavily influenced by the situations that we are in, our environment, even those that we are, people that we mix with, right? friends, family, those, those 
those who don't know God, they can speak different things that are contrary to him. And I admire the words of the Apostle Paul that he spoke in Acts 20, verse 24, when he says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. It doesn't matter what other people say and other people think. If they're contrary to what God says, his word is more important. Our relationship with God aligns our focus to know and understand the steps that we need to take to navigate forward. Yeah? Um, One uh, theologian stated that the devil tempts us to bring out the worst in us, but God tests us to bring out the best in us. You may be going through a, maybe a, a season of testing. Don't worry. Don't let it overcome you. Because maybe God is trying to shape something in you. Maybe he's trying to, trying to just mold you in a specific way or just realign something in your focus to help you navigate forward. My question today is where is your focus? We can often fall into the trap of thinking that the journey we are on is the only journey that matters. The only thing that matters. And we, in that moment, is, is almost, we risk, uh, we risk uh, defining God, visualizing God, shaping God by that one thing we're moving through by the journey we're on. And if things are not going well, we shape our focus of God from that. When actually, as I stated at the start, it's God who shapes us. It's God who molds us. And so we may be walking through difficulties or we may be walking through times of testing and things that are not going right. Don't allow those things to shape your view of God. Allow God's word to to shape your view of the situation you're going through. God is bigger than that. God is mightier than that. Let's not limit God through our own eyes, but allow God to be the big God that he is. I saw it recently in a video. Um, um, a preacher just, just, it was a little snippet, just talking about worry and stress and anxiety. And what he says is that we often, we often put ourselves in the big box and God in the small box. It was like our worries are the most important thing. We need to understand them and get away through them. And we don't allow God to be the big God he is. We just push him to the side because like, God, here are my worries and anxiety. These are the things that I'm walking through. But then in the next step, we take them back because we're almost like, you know what, that has, you haven't answered that prayer, so I'm going to take it back on again and try and deal with this myself. It's almost like we're, we're saying God is not big enough to handle the situations we're going through. When instead we, just, just, uh, just, uh, we should say that, God, you're bigger than anything I can ever imagine. And even though I may be going through a situation that's not great, 
you are Lord over that situation. You can bring breakthrough. You can bring fulfillment. And you know what? That may be in 40 years' time. <laughs> it may be in 10 years' time. It could be next week that you get breakthrough. But God's timing is perfect. Remember God. If he has done it before, he will do it again. We just got to hold on to him, hold on to his word, be close in our relationship with him, know him, obey him. So this morning, maybe you just need to reassess your own thoughts, words and actions, and align them with the right focus of God. I don't know what you're passing through. Maybe things are great. Maybe you walked into church today and you're thinking, you know what? Life is good. Praise God. Be thankful to God. Don't forget Him. Or maybe you're just, you are walking through that. Maybe you've got a decision around the corner that you have to make and you don't know what, how to make it or what, or what decision to take. Trust God. Lean on Him. Spend time in His presence. Read His Word. Apply it to your life. He will bring the answer at the right time. Where is your focus? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.